eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's the first weekend recap of the year 2021. Man City did a masterclass against Chelsea. Tottenham beat Leeds. Manchester United wins against Aston Villa. We got wins from Real Madrid, Atletico, Juventus, Inter Milan with an absolute showcase of goals. This Super Classico, of course, and the old firm. This and so much more. Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce on the 2021 first weekend recap. Que golazo begins right now. It's the first weekend recap of the year of 2021. Jimmy Conrad, how are you, man? I got a haircut, so I'm doing great. You look so good. You I always do. look young, but now you look really young. 10 years younger. Easy. <laughs> easy. You're going to have to take your driver's license everywhere, man. I'm telling you. Uh, Heath, what's up? Look at Heath. Heath, by the way, if you're just listening and not watching on YouTube, it's all arsenaled up. Well done, sir. How are yeah, you? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, I, I saved these outfits for when Arsenal does three wins in a row and they did it. So dusted this thing off of exactly. You know, it's, you got to you got you got to enjoy it while it lasts. So I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Good. Well, absolutely. Uh, good weekend for Arsenal. Uh, good weekend for everybody. And welcome to our first recap of 2021. So happy to have you. And we begin, of course, in the Premier League. And we'll do this uh, from the biggest game that we just saw this Sunday as Man City uh, destroyed Chelsea uh, 3-0. Three, nothing. It could have been more, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Jimmy Conrad, straight away, your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I thought it was a Manchester City masterclass, uh, especially in the first half. I thought they were ready to go. Not only did they have the quality, I thought, with the ball, they were very good under pressure. Chelsea didn't seem like they could get anywhere near them, or if they did for a while, it'd be two passes and City would unlock it. And they just didn't have any answers, especially when uh, Pep put Kevin De Bruyne who's his, his the best attacking midfielder, let's say, uh, up top as the false nine. So that kind of unlocked things. I thought it, it forced uh, Kurt Zuma and Thiago Silva, the center backs for Chelsea, to have to decide, do I leave the back line to go step in there? Because if I do that, then other players are going to run in. And we saw it with Ilkay Gundogan getting the first goal, very good turn on Thiago Silva and finishing it off. And it was just a good performance all the way around. And, and I saw the, the interview with Frank Lampard afterwards. I was very curious. Ears were wide open to hear what he had to say. And, and the good question, it was, you know, what was, was this more this result, you guys losing three to one, due more to the fact that Man City were just class or the fact that you guys weren't good or what's the split? And he thought it was a little bit of both. And I agreed. I thought Chelsea were off of it a little bit. Again, they changed their formation. 
you know, they changed probably their tactics and how they wanted to perform and just no consistency with that team. They've got all the talent in the world. And those were my initial thoughts. But if City play like this the rest of the season, they're going to be up there. They're going to be very close to winning the league, if not winning it, because they were fantastic. And I want to give a shout out to Zach Steffen, the American international who got to start in goal. Yeah, absolutely. Zach Steffen, his Premier League debut. Uh, Christian Pulisic on the other side. So from an American perspective, great to see. Heath, uh, to Jimmy's point, uh, I, I agree. I think this was Man City's best performance of the season, actually. They just completely made Chelsea look terrible. And when I, I only tweeted one thing about this game, Heath. Whenever they lose the ball, Chelsea... They're like a joke. It's like a kid, like where, like looking for his toy. Like they're, they're really bad, and that's really bad for a team of this caliber, no? Yeah, I think it's bad for a team of this caliber. I, I do think that they have enough youth to where their focus should be again top four. They're not really in the, I, at least in my opinion, we're never in the title conversation or in the title race. But I went into this game thinking about two things, right? Zach Steffen, Christian Pulisic. As an American fan, I was really excited about this. And I didn't think about either of them during the game, which is great for Zach Steffen as a goalkeeper, uh, but not great. Even at the beginning for, when yeah. he gave away that indirect free kick in the box. He yeah, comes you know. after that. You, 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 you get out of that alive. That's what, that's what builds your character for the future. But then, you know, uh, uh, Christian Pulisic, silent as well. I, I didn't really see a whole lot from him. But the focus of that is, is just like Jimmy said, Man City were very, very good. Phil Foden, who we've talked about a lot, sort of needing to break out, spend some time on the bench. Apparently he was pretty irate about having to spend some time as a non-starter because he's not a two-way player. This is very relevant, by the way, of, of young talents. I don't know if either of you guys have listened to that, to the uh, Freddie Adu podcast, but a lot of this sort of like nurturing players through the system type of thing. People have questioned, is, is Man City the right place for Phil Foden, right? There's not a lot of room for air. You're not going to get given chances. You're not part, like nobody looks at, at a player and says, oh yeah, let's, let's put them ahead of, uh, of having to win titles this year. But he was, he was really good today, uh, back in the lineup again. And then now City are four points off off the pace uh, with a game in hand, and and I think two games in hand over a Leicester City. So, but for the for the first two places, uh, four points off the pace with a game in hand, which I think is a really exciting, uh, less exciting in terms of the Giants being in the title race every year, but really does start to create the conversation of can City uh, actually compete for for a trophy? And again, as Jimmy mentioned on the second goal. Uh, as well with De Bruyne. He's so hard to track because he does drift off as a false nine. He drifted out wide, uh, started that, had a bad pass, and then found himself on the wing to, to set up Phil Foden for that second goal. So it, it's just something different, and it worked out, right? You could look at that, and it's sort of like the, the Pep Guardiola masterclass of, of coaching where you're like, oh, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then it does, and you start to go like, man, he's probably a lot smarter than I am when it comes <laughs> to uh, uh, building a team. But, yeah, an all-around great performance, probably the best of the year for City. Jimmy, yeah. um, I just want to jump in really quick about yeah, Phil go Foden ahead. because go ahead. Phil, the Phil Foden thing is a really good point because to your point, he's had so much uh, potential, Heath. And now we're finally seeing him get pissed off. Like, finally, dude, like you're, you're upset that you're not playing and you're doing it in a meaningful way. And then when you get your chance, you're actually doing something about it. Your, your, your actions are now backing up or, or following through with your words, right? And I think that's really important for his career because he needs minutes. He has to know, yeah, I'm playing for England, even though I'm a spot starter for Man City, but... If I really want to be a difference maker, if I really want to take those next steps, I have to be playing week in and week out. And I think he's getting to that point where Man City's either got to move him or they got to play him. And I think that's ultimately a good thing for him. Uh, but but yeah, he performed today and I thought he can be a two-way player. I thought he did. He does very well in the press too. You know, so this is a really good Man City team. I thought defensively, even though they gave up a late goal to Callum Hudson-Odoi, very, very stout defensively. Zach Steffen didn't really have much to do. He's unfortunate not to get the clean sheet.
Yeah, and something really interesting about Man City today was, and staying with the theme of Phil Foden, is that uh, I guess this is the best that we see him when there's no Gabriel Jesus, there's no Sergio Aguero. It's just a freedom for him to roam. And the other part was, we're talking about Pep Guardiola masterclass. Chelsea actually had the majority of possession. And this is something where now you're saying, well, Pep Guardiola doesn't care so much about that as much. He cares about what you do with it. And it was such a good uh, good way to see. Question for you, Heath and Jimmy. So let's ask both of you. Listen, um, I predicted something in September that Ch- like Lampard will be done by Christmas with Chelsea. Now, it was like my bold, crazy as hell, it's that local predictions. But it was one where I thought, you know, it's not that far off because I just don't know if his lack of experience is going to be able to manage such a talented squad. Now, granted, Christmas is gone, Heath, but Lampard, according to reports, uh, you know, is now in, in the hot seat and Chelsea is not going to be afraid to say goodbye to a, a legendary player and look for somebody else. What do you think about, you know, uh, his stance uh, Lampard stance as a manager with Chelsea. I think this is the difference when you buy youth versus buying players at the top of their game, right? Timo Werner, Kai Havertz all have so much ahead of them. Therefore, you have to give them time. And I think that's where he has a little bit of his window. When you look at the price tag, you go, wow, hundreds of millions of dollars they've spent on players. But these are players who are still four or five years out from their best, their best uh, uh, years, right, in, in theory. And so I think you have to give them a little bit of patience. When you look at Chelsea, again, big spending team, but they're spending differently, right? They're, 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 I think they're spending on the next three or four years of Chelsea. And if you, if you start to disrupt that with a coaching change, I think you're in trouble. Whether Lampard's the guy for the job or not, uh, I'm not really sure. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm definitely not convinced. However, I think if you're going to go down that route, you're going to start to see it's, it's just quite difficult. To, who's going to be the replacement that's going to come in and work with these players? Because it's a pretty young squad and young in the attack. And, and they have a lot of issues. But if, you, if, you're, if, if it's a project versus a, a, an output they need now, then I think you have to hold them. But if it's looking at, at results now, then obviously that has to be a conversation of whether or not he's the right guy. This is Chelsea, Jimmy. This is not like, you know, uh, you know this is not like Southampton who like suddenly Ralph Hasenhuttle had to have bigger things. This is Chelsea spending a lot of money. And yes, okay, fair enough. You got to give him time. There are players that are just, you know, introducing themselves to the league. You know, that, that sounds very similar to Aston Villa. Two games in hand, and I'm not. I'm not saying that because I'm a. I'm not. I'm honestly not. Sure. I'm talking about more about a fact that if you're talking about a manager that's got money that you give him time, Chelsea's trying to stay in the top, be in the top four. Fair enough, not a title contender. Some may think that, but right now they are eighth, and Villa above them in seventh. Have two games in hand above them. How much time do you give him? Thomas Tuchel, I feel, would be quite a good. I'm just being the devil's advocate right here. No, I and I appreciate. What do you What do you think? So you can't look at, at Thomas Tuchel and respect him. We've discussed no, this. No, you can't. Yeah. Kai Havertz can't look at him and be like, I got to listen to that guy. Yeah. It's like Sorry. the guy Mr. from Bird. Office Space yeah. coming yeah. as the yeah. man. Right, right, right. No, my thoughts on this, when you look at the stats, through the same amount of games that they played last year, Chelsea, they're three points behind that. Uh, and they're in eighth. Last year, they were in fourth and in, in, after the same amount of games. And they didn't have the, the weapons that they have on their team. My big issue with Frank Lampard and, and like Heath, I'm not convinced that he is the right guy for the job, but I think you have to let him grow into the position along with the players that need to grow into this formation or f- philosophy that he has. My big question is what is his philosophy? What is his formation? When Pep Guardiola took over for Manchester City, it took him a year to really indoctrinate 
these types of players that were going to fit into his system. He had a system. He knew, he knew how he wanted to play and he forced his guys to play that way. And the ones that couldn't hang, he shipped them out and brought in new guys. And when they can't hang, you know, a couple of years later, he still ships them out and brings in new guys. I mean, it's yep. nice to have Jurgen Klopp too. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very similar, right? You have a system. I just don't know what Frank Lampard's system is. And I think that might be the big underlying concern for Chelsea fans and maybe even Roman Abramovich, who doesn't, hasn't shown a lot of patience for managers, even some of the best and Ancelotti and, and Mourinho. If they don't work out, man, they're out. Frank Lampard, obviously, is a club legend. is going to be a little bit different. I think they're going to handle that, hopefully, with, with some kid gloves. I think he needs some time. But the problem is, to your point, Luis, what, how much time for him to develop the system? Yo, pick, pick how you want to play and stick with it. Because as players once we understand what, what is expected out of us, even if we don't play well, you don't have, you, you don't respect a coach who then all of a sudden changes everything for the next game. And then, Oh man, that didn't go well. Oh, they're going to change everything else again for the next game. You're like dude, this guy doesn't have any idea what he's doing, but if you had a system in place and everybody could build off of that and say, all right, it didn't work, but next week, you know, we're going to get better because we understand what the expectations are. That's where I feel like Frank Lampard is a little bit, he's got so many options too many options. Last year, it was pretty easy, right? He kind of had his best 11, best 14 guys, three guys off. He didn't have all these different options and have all these egos he had to, to, to maintain, or at least to this level. And that's why I think he's all over the shop. And, and I don't know what this looks like. I would give him the season unless there's a complete train wreck, you know, through the next two months. But, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I think you stay with him. Well, I predicted them to win the Champions League, or at least yeah, you're on you're fun. on drugs, Luis. <laughs> hey, man, you never know. You never. Know. Well, listen, they're playing Morecambe in the FA Cup, and then Fulham after that. Uh, all right, let's let's end on this game, which is one final question: Where does Chelsea finish in the Premier League at the end of the season, Heath? Uh, in a Europa League spot, I don't know the exact number. You just, okay. it's just too many numbers to really six, seven, about. something yeah, like that. Yeah, somewhere in there. Okay, Jimmy. Yeah, I get Liverpool, City are going to be top probably one and two United will be pushing. I think it'll be pretty close uh, Spurs. I think will slip in there. I think Leicester will fall out. So yeah, I, I probably would agree with Heath probably fifth or sixth. Okay. Maybe a good cup yeah. run, maybe a good run. Maybe, 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 I don't know. Villa Everton are going to be hanging around. I don't Arsenal. I think we'll three on the trot, you know, who knows, but, but, but Lampard yeah. staying until the end of the season, no matter what. I think so. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So let's uh, keep going here. Leicester City uh, beat Newcastle, meaning that they're still uh, climbing up that table, doing well. Newcastle's uh, woes. Sorry, Jimmy, continue. Yeah. Uh, Tottenham beat Leeds uh, convincingly 3 nothing. Uh, but to me, the highlight of that game was Patrick Bamford uh, cursing in Spanish when he missed a header. That was amazing. Like the Bielsa <laughs> influence continues. Your Arsenal, Heath, uh, with a great win against West Brom, albeit it was West Brom. But still, though, good win. We've been talking about, you know, you got to play the young kids, and my goodness, are they delivering? Uh, Saka is just an incredible player. And Lacazette as well, playing well. Heath, any quick thoughts from Arsenal on that, on that one? No, I, th I think you, you nailed it. It's about playing that youth. And I think, you know, we, a few weeks ago, we were, I was at least hypercritical of Aubameyang signing a new deal and the fact that he should be doing more. And now you're starting to see his freedom come to life when you have more threats, legitimate threats, guys that are playing quickly, moving off the ball, very dynamic. And that, that youth really has brought that dynamic. I didn't think it would be necessarily Smith Rowe that would, that would be doing it, but here we are. Uh, and, and Sokka and, and, and Smith Rowe just have been, unbelievable at just bringing an urgency and an energy and a, just a youthful energy that's so it, it's such a cliche but when you have that the players around them like a Lacazette like an Aubameyang really have to focus less on 
carrying the team and more of just being a part of the team and doing what they do best. And again, that's another cliche, but we're seeing the, the benefits of it right now. And it's just an exciting time uh, for the last at least 10 days. Yeah. Jimmy, thoughts on Arsenal? Doing yeah. what? Three wins in a row? Like Three wins in a row. I think it speaks to their character. You know, I, I do think there's some backbone to this team. That's been a welcome surprise. I think there was a lot of question marks about how they would respond to some adversity. And it's really actually very exciting to see the young guys actually stepping up and saying, you know what, we'll put the team on our backs and make plays. Smith Rowe, Saka, as you guys uh, mentioned, very good. Lacazette, I thought, has been was excellent. In this particular game, Aubameyang did have a couple close opportunities, but you could see to, to Heath's point, there's a nice balance there. I think though, what I'm impressed with the most, two consecutive clean sheets, you know, they moved up to 11th now. They're only six points away from the top four, which yeah, maybe one or two of those teams in that top four have a game or two in hand, but that's got to give them a little bit of hope. Plus they got Newcastle uh, twice over the next two weeks, once in the FA Cup and once in the league. They got Crystal Palace. The games are starting to spread out a little bit. They don't have as many. I think they're starting to round into maybe their best 11, their best identity. And and Arteta, you know, even though, he, I mean, he was Frank Lampard like three weeks ago, you know, and all of a sudden he, he everything's okay, you know. And so if they can continue this form and continue to like keep taking those steps, yeah, I think Arsenal will be fine. I don't think they get into the top four this year, but but uh, I think there's some there's something to be built off of for sure. Luis, one, one last thing on that. I think the, the real benefit that they've had this year is having the Europa League and the group that they had in the Europa League because it's allowed them to actually test a lot of these players that you can't really throw into the fire being a big club in the, in the, in the, in the league. And so they've been able to rep these players in and really build some trust, also build a foundation of connections between these players that I think is starting to pay off in the league uh, with, with this last run of games. We'll, we'll see how this plays out in the long run. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's my theory, I, at least. I think if you just go on... Uh... CBS Sports, and you just do your little uh, search of past uh, appearances from yours truly on this very subject, you'll see that that's exactly what I said. <laughs> but um, all right, so just looking at the table, Liverpool plays on Monday against Southampton. That should be a good game. They still are on top. Man United in second. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Leicester City, Tottenham, Man City, Everton losing to uh, West Ham. Um, uh, a gritty win right there uh, for West Ham. And David Moyes, his first win on his return to uh, Goodison Park. Pretty good. But let's go talk about that Man United win against Aston Villa. It was a Friday night game. A pretty exciting game. It's always exciting when these two meet. But Jimmy, uh, 2-1. You predicted 2-1. I did. Manchester United against Villa. <laughs> but uh, I'm giving you an asterisk. But yes, you, you predicted. 2-1 for Manchester <laughs> against Villa. Thoughts on that game. As Man yeah. United are second, even on points with Liverpool, uh, and, and climbing up that table. Yeah, I, I just wanted to give a shout out. Hopefully people bet it. I said both teams to score and United to win two to one or United to win. That was plus 190. Hopefully you guys uh, followed through on that with me. Uh, nice, nice hit. I didn't know. I mean, usually Manchester United get a penalty. I thought that was a pretty soft one. If you guys saw the highlights, it was off a throw in, which should never really happen. If you give up that type of opportunity, Pogba does a nice roll into the box. Eh, maybe falls down a little easier than he should given the push that he got, but Hey, that's the game. And Hey, they're Manchester United and Hey, it's at old Trafford. So why not give them the penalty? Uh, but I thought, you know, United did what they had to do. They, they made a lot of good plays. Um, you know, Martial scored a very good goal. Bruno Fernandez doing his thing. I, what I really liked, I think from this game in particular was the fact that of how they scored their first goal with Martial getting the header, Juan Basaka bombing forward. If that starts to happen with more regularity, it just gives them more, unpredictability in the attack. Obviously they know what they're doing, but they're going to be harder to defend. If Juan Basaka continues to get forward, tell us or Luke Shaw on the left, you got Bruno Fernandez pulling the strings in the middle with Rashford and Marsh. I mean, they've started to become like, this is a pretty good United team and we don't know how to stop them. And then for a while they were kind of one dimensional. And now 
I think they figured out ways to be a little bit more multifaceted. And I think that's a good thing for, for United going into 2021. Yeah, Eric Bailey was fantastic. I thought uh, man of the match. And something Heath, I noticed about this game, aside from the fact that it wasn't a penalty, but we won't get into that, is uh, the, I think that uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is bringing something that uh, reminiscent of Sir Alex Ferguson's 90s United, which is they are very good on the counter. Very good. And I thought the conversation was going to be the other way around. Villa would try and strengthen with the counter and United kind of control the game, the tempo. And actually it was kind of the, the other way around, especially in the second half. But Manchester United, Heath, looking very good now. Second, uh, even on points with Liverpool. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not convinced. When you see the, the final minutes of games, they still have a lot of these shadows of, of letting off uh, a little bit. And I think they're, they're, they're still getting a little bit lucky. I do think that they are very good right now. I really like Pogba playing on the left side of a, of a diamond in the sense that when he's facing the field, when he's facing players, his combination play is much faster than, you know, he has the ability to really just control the game and slow it down and draw a player into him and dance around a little bit and kind of really play a, a little bit more of this killing the flow, ticky-tocky style, which I don't think necessarily matches when Juan Basaka's bombing forward. When you have those players moving and he's forced to play quick and connect quick, I think that's a Paul Pogba that you want on any team when he's more of slowing the game down and trying to control it in, in negative in ways that I, I don't think are as positive. It's a diff he's a different player. That's a different team. So I think I kind of like when he's facing in on the field on his right foot and is able to have some options that he can continue to move and control the flow in a faster way than, than when he slows the game down. Yeah, well, to that point, United looking good, waiting to see what Liverpool does against Southampton on Monday. That was the Premier League. When we come back, we will talk about some really big derbies this weekend, uh, giving us some really good entertainment. Well, one of them definitely gave us some good entertainment. The other one, we can talk about. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, everybody, to Kego Lasso, Jimmy Conrad, Heath Pierce, breaking down, uh, recapping all the action from the weekend. Two really big games, really big derbies this weekend. And they kind of, I mean, the one thing that they showed was that, yes, we wanted fans in the stadium, but my goodness, the intensity was most definitely there. Let's begin in Scotland, Jimmy. Uh, Rangers, uh, now their lead extending in the Scottish Premiership after they won one nothing against Celtic. Yeah, good performance from Rangers in terms of the results. I thought overall, Celtic have put out a pretty good team performance. thought they were peppering their goal, Rangers goal quite a bit. I thought Alan McGregor in goal was probably the man of the match for Rangers or, or just in this match overall. He made some big saves early on, which I think limited the confidence that Celtic were getting. And then I think you create your own luck 
You know, I don't, I'm a big believer that luck is where preparation meets opportunity and Rangers have got that in spades this particular season. They get another clean sheet. They've only given up five goals so far in 22 games, uh, which is incredible, but they get a, an own goal to get the winner. And uh, that makes Steven Gerrard the first manager to beat Celtic three times in a row since the legendary Walter Smith was uh, in charge of Rangers. I'm kind of curious where Steven Gerrard goes next. I think that's the big question. I think he's going to win the Scottish Premiership now. I know that Celtic have three games in hand, even though there's a 19-point lead. But still, there's another 10 points there that they've got. I just think this is Rangers. It's done. I, I think we can just hand on the trophy right now. I just don't see them capitulating given what Steven Gerrard has in place. But yeah, they did what they needed to do. And a uh, big win for them in the old firm. Heath, did you see this one? It was a good game, uh, tough, uh, a good win for Rangers at least. Yeah, again, this is, you know, you're talking about a decade that Rangers haven't won. And, and, and I think for the game itself, uh, take politics and all the things out of what built the old firm Derby, but uh, it's good for the Scottish League to have this type of, of balance. At least two teams. You don't want it to be a single team league like it's been for the last decade. They won the double uh, in, in, I think, 2010-11 and now, 10 years later, uh, are looking like they're going to run away again. Like Jimmy said, 19 points is, is a lot and even if you took away nine of those with the games in hand, which is actually really hard to do, um, it's still just a lot to overcome. So, uh, it just an, it's, it's just bringing more attention to the, the Scottish Premier League that, that I think is needed and, and more balance that you want uh, for the long term. Well, from Scotland to Argentina, we had the Super Clásico as well in the Diego Armando Maradona Cup, uh, you know, tournament, uh, four goals, two each, two red cards, one each. It was uh, everything that you expected from the Super Clásico. Boca Juniors tied River Plate uh, two all. Uh, really, really good game. You just it just went back and forth. Uh, everything that you, that you wanted from a game, uh, Jimmy. How how'd you make of this one? Such such. It's just such a good game, and we're getting hopefully maybe another one in Libertadores. Yeah, I hope that that happens because uh, no disrespect to this particular cup, but it's still a bit of a friendly. But then I put uh, quotations around the friendly because it's never really a friendly when these two clubs go after each other. Uh, to your point, I thought there was a lot of personality and flair and just wanting to make plays and wanting to do special things. And we saw a lot of great goals in this one. Uh, the first one in particular from Boca, the pass. If you guys get to see the high, this type in Boca River highlights, Go look at this first goal. It is the pass. You, you, Luis, I think you tweeted it out. Yeah, from Emmanuel Mass. Just beautiful. Oh, my. Yeah. I mean, he picks up his head. He knows exactly where he wants to hit it to a guy like trailing the back post. He has maybe – and he has no room for air, and he threads it between two guys. Beautiful. Perfect way to the – it's unbelievable. It's I mean ri – It's Riquelme-esque. A little Beautiful goal, yeah. I, yeah, I've been to a Super Classico. It was a little more boring, a little bit more conservative, a little more stodgy than this one that I got to see, and, and uh, I was happy for that. Anytime Boca and River actually, like, try to go at each other, this is what you get. You get a great, entertaining 2-2 game. Yeah, well, he uh, Boca was winning one nothing for a long time because of that goal, uh, and you think, well, they got this, and then in the seventy fourth minute, Girotti with a with a header, and then out of nothing, three minutes later, one of the most successful best uh, forwards in South America, uh, Rafael Santos Jorge scored in the 77th minute, 2-1. And you're thinking, wow, Gallardo's done it again. River Plate winning 2-1. And then Carlos Tevez to Sebastian Villa and boom, it's 2-0. Uh, uh, two red cards as well. Uh, pretty, again, uh, such a good game, Heath. What'd you make of it? Uh, I'm going to confess to you guys. 
I didn't watch it. You, 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 you uh, and now I'm going to question the decisions you're making in your life. I, let me, let me tell you this. Though. I'm, just trying, wait, I'm trying to think what time it was. Okay. So it's seven 30 on a Saturday. What were you doing? Heath? 4 30, 4 30, your West coast. You have all time to watch it. Yeah. I don't know. Three uh, kids, like, I, guess. I was, I was, I was in a car, uh, <laughs> driving back to where I have internet again, but uh, listen, uh, I will say though, in 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 both of your defense, if it came to advertising to watch the highlights or a game, or creating FOMO for me not watching it, you both did it. You both did it because as you were talking, I was like searching first goal from Boca River. Oh my dude! Uh, like just trying to find it in real time because you guys have really built this up for me, and I that's it's that, really good. You know, credit to credit to you both. Well, that's why we're here. Well, that's why we're here. And everybody, if you haven't seen it, like he said, this is worth the highlights. They always are. But Libertadores, they're also in two semifinals. Hopefully we'll get one uh, in Libertadores one more time, which to Jimmy's point would be even bigger, I think. All right. When we come back, our final segment, what we'll do a quick recap around Europe, including same old, same old in La Liga and Serie A and Bayern Munich doing their Bayern Munich thing. Stay right here. Welcome back, everybody, to Kego Lasso. We come back to Europe, everybody, here with Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce. And uh, just a few scores around Europe. And I'm just going to ask the fellas, the fellas, I'm going to ask them uh, just their thoughts overall on, uh, you know, one of the things that came out of this weekend for, from their standpoint. Real Madrid wins uh, against Alta Vigo. Atleti beats uh, Alaves. Uh, Barcelona win, but doesn't matter because we're talking about top of the table. Uh, <laughs> Come on. Serie A, uh, Inter Milan destroy Crotone 6-2. Lautaro Martinez hat-trick. Uh, AC Milan with 10 men win as well. Benevento, Juventus do their thing. Ronaldo brace. Atalanta destroys Sassuolo. And in the Bundesliga, Bayern Munich were 2-0 down at the half against Mainz. And then, of course, Bayern just decided to just wake up and do their Bayern thing. But it also meant Leverkusen lost. Leipzig won and Dortmund won, which was good. A Jaden Sancho go in that one, I believe. So from all those games, um, Bayern are leading that table in the Bundesliga realm. Uh, Atleti still lead La Liga and AC Milan still lead in Serie A. Your thoughts, Jimmy, from all that? Uh, it be more than one know. point. I don't even know where to start. No, I would say that uh, Bayern Munich, they are so, showing somewhat of a trend. I, I don't. They've given up a lot of the goals first in their games. And I think it's happened in maybe eight or nine consecutive games now, something crazy. And it makes me wonder if that's, that's just what they need to make the game feel like it matters to them. Like, Oh, okay. We're down. Let's kick it into gear. I mean, they are another level when they, when they pick it up. And I think the biggest goal, and I'm going to, I'll speak about it with Jaden Sancho as well was Leroy Sané. He scored a, an Aryan Robin esque goal, Cut, you know, takes it from the right side, cuts in with his left and then buries it into the corner uh, really nice goal and good for his confidence. And then, and then, so they go on to win five to two. The Borussia Dortmund, who I thought Wolfsburg were very good at the start of it. John Anthony Brooks plays center back. Uh, U.S. men's national team center back plays for Wolfsburg. Uh, Erling Holland comes back into the team and Dortmund wins, right? But I think the most important thing was Jaden Sancho did score his first goal at the end of that game in the in injury time. His first goal of the campaign. I mean, that guy was going to go to Manchester United for 120 million and he just scored his first goal of the Bundesliga. That's crazy. And so I think his value has dropped by probably 40 to 50 million, given how he's been playing. He's just definitely lacking some confidence, but a big win for Dortmund. And I think a big reason uh, is that Erling Holland is back on the team. Yeah. But I, I do want to just want the one other game. There's so many games to talk about. I, I watched the Inter Milan game against Crotone. Crotone was up one zero and very similar to Bayern Munich. Uh, Inter Milan, just like, you know what? We're going to turn it on. 
Romelu Lukaku, even though Lataro Martinez got, got the hat trick, he set up all three goals, uh, Lukaku, and then he scored. Dude, the guy, when I look at that, like Chelsea, for instance, or if I look at, you know, some other clubs around the world, like the one play, even Man City was certainly said, like having that number nine that can hold the ball and then actually turn and bring other guys that are, that are joining the attack next to it, it just changes everything. Yeah, I thought Rom- Romelu Lukaku was unbelievable today. And, uh, God, he's so good, and he's been so good since he's joined Inter Milan. Yeah, absolutely. A really good move from him to leave United and move to Inter Milan, a team that complements all his uh, traits. Eh? Honestly, people need to watch those highlights. Add the Boca one and then go watch Inter Milan Crotone. You can find it for like three minutes on Serie A. <laughs> it's, it's just watch Lukaku. He's so good. Yeah, absolutely. Heath, uh, thoughts from any of that? You couldn't repeat I, the same game. It's fine. No, no, no. I know we, I know we, this is a weekend recap, but in midweek, um, Real Madrid drew. And I know I made a hot take prediction that they would come to the top. And that draw actually puts Atletico, who, who have been winning, two points ahead with two games in hand. So now they've extended that to eight point, uh, eight point lead, uh, or potentially an eight point lead. They're two points ahead. They've, they've potentially got an eight point lead uh, in the league, which I think is, is one worth, worth mentioning. Uh, RB Leipzig stay uh, on pace, which I think is good. They're only two points behind uh, a Bayern Munich. And as Jimmy said, I do think that there is this element of needing to wake up, right? We talked about just sort of the fatigue factor when you've won it all, how hard it is to get up and keep going and, 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 and have a, um, knowing that it, over, over a full, what, what uh, they're 18 teams at 34 game season. It's, it's hard to drive that when you've just done it and you're like, okay, what do we do tomorrow? We do it all over again. It's a lot of like, it's hard to get up for, uh, especially in a year like this one. So uh, they're really the only one. Bruce Dortmund, by the way, Jaden Sancho, uh, if you watch the game, was unbelievable on the ball. Every time he got the ball, he beat his first man on the dribble and cleared up space and opened things up, which I think is just, again, a rare dynamic that we have in the game where you have that guy who's already, you know, uh, looking at that first player saying, okay, I'm going to beat him. What's going to happen next? When you have that kind of person on the dribble who can get out of those spaces and, and knows when to do it, I think that changes the whole uh just uh, dynamic of how you defend a team, knowing that there's going to be a guy probably driving at you with pace, um, uh, all the time and, and changing where he started to where he's going now, which I think really disrupts teams. And if he can continue that confidence, I do think that his value could start to creep back up or at least he can get his confidence back to, to drive a, a decent transfer after the season. Yeah, Borussia Dortmund, by the way, who's still dealing with an interim manager. So we'll see what happens, you know, as the season continues. And uh, uh, to Jimmy's point as well, Jaden Sancho will be much the conversation of transfer chatter. Uh, finally gets his goal. Uh, but that's it. That's our weekend recap. It was it just it just flew by, like Arsenal's goals against West Brom. It just flew by. <laughs> so many games, but yeah, what a great weekend of games. So let's finish off with one final thought about anything from this weekend or what what's coming ahead because you know Jimmy and Heath, part of the fam here. Uh, anything that you're looking forward to uh, as we look ahead to this uh, week uh, in January with a lot of action still. Uh, Heath, let's begin with you. Uh, not necessarily something that I'm looking forward to, but it, it was nice to see uh, Pipo Inzaghi play uh, as manager against where a club that he had managed and was a legend at uh, with Benevento, uh, which was interesting. I don't know if anybody followed along over the years when when we had the uh, Venezia project owned by an American ownership group trying to drive them up to Serie A. I went with them from D to C to B, um, and it was really, really interesting. To, so to see him to land uh, on his feet and play against his former club, even though they lost uh, playing uh, up a man, which is really disappointing, uh, that was just a a fun fact uh, worth, worth mentioning. 
Absolutely. Jimmy, uh, final thought, maybe something to look forward to this week. Uh, you see it in your schedule, anything there? I do. I have, well, there's a ton of games, but the one I'm really looking forward to is the League Cup. Uh, Manchester United takes on Man City. I think that's going to be a great one. I think both teams are in good form. And then in a couple weeks, on January 17th, guys, circle your calendars. Uh, it's Man United versus Liverpool at Anfield. I think that's going to be popping up as well. I think United start to are getting that like that they're smelling that belief that maybe this is possible. Maybe we can't. Maybe we do have the team that can go on a run and challenge for the title. And these are the games you have to win. And I think it'll be a good test this week against Man City. This could be the of, week, kind of where they stand. Yeah, they no could. They could be. They could be the week where Man City get back in first place, guys. Just mark it on your calendars. I'm calling uh, it. Here yeah. we go. Well, you did say they're going to win the league by the end of this, so we'll see. Well, we'll now see I have what to happens. ride with it. <laughs> I'm actually going to talk about Liverpool Southampton. I think tomorrow is going to be a really good game. This is uh, two very good managers, obviously, in Jurgen Klopp, but Hassan Hutto as well has Southampton playing so well. And this is a Liverpool side that's looking to get a win after that draw with West Brom. So they're trying to get a victory there, but that should be a good one. That's a Monday game uh, in the Premier League. Well, that's it. Heath Pierce, thank you, my man. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me. I missed you guys. Yeah, we missed you too. Jimmy Conrad, thank you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. Streaming. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil, has returned. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season. Now streaming only on Paramount Plus.